0: Welcome to the Nerd Party. Want to be a part of the Nerd Party community? Don't forget to like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash thenerdparty and follow us on Twitter at joinnerdparty. You can also help us by leaving a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts to help spread time and space to other listeners. If you want to contact us, visit thenerdparty.com/contact. Click on our show logo and leave a comment for us there. in Space, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn.
1: And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. So we're continuing our 10th Doctor Celebration this month. And what are we going to be talking about? David Tennant and his time in the TARDIS.
0: Love.
1: That's right. We're going to be talking about romance in the TARDIS. Or outside of it, possibly, as well. So... Before we get into him specifically, who, other than the 10th Doctor, unless the answer is just the 10th Doctor, who do you think is the most romantic Doctor?
0: I don't know. I think that. I don't know how comfortable I am with romantic as a thing. Right,
1: and this may be sort of where we go, you know, especially in classic Who. I mean, you. And we've talked about this maybe before, but. You certainly strain to find any romantic moments with the Doctor. Um, There was was the Aztecs, the first Doctor, and Mm. the woman in the hot chocolate. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. bless. I know,
1: right? And other than that, I mean, I'm going second Doctor, nothing comes to mind. Third Doctor, nothing comes to mind. Fourth Doctor is too weird. Uh, Fifth Doctor, no. It was, um, and I'm trying to think, something's trying to stick in my mind about how they tried to pre- make sure there was no make sure that they because it was young and his companions were young women they yeah. tried to make sure nothing was going on uh the sixth doctor was too weird and kept trying to kill his companions and the seventh doctor obviously we've always talked about seven and ace Eighth doctor so he he and you tell me but he sort of what little we saw is sort of capital r romantic to me
0: yes i and i was going to say you know the the Byronic outfit mm-hmm. which I appreciate is supposed to be American wild west, right. but really comes across as more, you know, eighteenth century or nineteenth century poet. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, capital R. I mean That's
1: how I envision the old West. Just a bunch of poets. A bunch of
0: poets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Just that's probably pretty right.
1: Spitting out some verses at high noon.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. They have poetry slams. Yep, uh, in the saloon. In the saloon, obviously. Yeah. Yep. With the whores with a heart of gold.
1: Right, and they, you know, they would do sonnets.
0: And they will do, they will do sonnets, right. always. It's have
1: extra for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <But>. Hashtag euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But, yeah, I mean, even his romantic whatever-whatever with Grace, I wouldn't call romantic.
1: Yeah, I think he just made out with her just sort of as a wonkiness, not necessarily. Yeah. He was very tactile.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, even with modern Who, new Who, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily... Nine
1: was too, I don't know, something leather I mean, sure. jacket yeah two leather jacket. uh though he was certainly open to everything um appears yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> absolutely he was not without his smooching
1: 11 uh, problematic not problematic in a, in a bad way but i mean i don't i don't know 11 is so different he's he's obviously has the young face but he has the wise eyes and it's like i always have trouble buying the river romance I mean, I, I buy it on her part, but I'd have never necessarily bought it on his part.
0: Oh no, I kind of do. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, flirty, but I guess. I but beyond that, I mean, he he seems to eschew the romance.
0: Yes, certainly. Yeah, I
1: mean, he certainly has to, you know, uh, hit uh, Amy with a stick at some point. Yeah. And then... <laughs> yes.
0: Although with Clara, I think there's a little more of a spark.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I think with Amy, it's it's sort of friend, and with Clara, it's sort of a. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's romantic, but yeah, it's sort of like a something different than that, than yes. Amy.
0: Yes, yeah, something different. Because she's, she's
1: flirty. Clara. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amy is more full on. <laughs> when, you know, yes, yeah, uh, she's, whereas. She's, she's not for subtlety, but uh, as Clara, is just a flirty by nature. And so it's sort of like, you know, the 11th Doctor at times may be wondering, like, is she really? Or is this just, you know. And then, and then you have 12. Although. yeah. I think
0: that his last time with River, there's oh, yeah. some some romance there. Well, yeah, you know, no, I the no. 26 years or however long the mm-hmm.
1: yeah. sunset last, last night.
0: last, so last night, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that that did yeah, because well, I don't, know, I don't want to go into any generalizations, but yeah, it was it's hard to see 12 as romantic at times, and that's not trying to be ageist, but maybe that's what I am being. um... And then 13, also. uh,
0: Yeah, we haven't seen any sort of.
1: (laughs) She also seems slightly open to anything as well. Yep. When uh, her companion's mom asked if they were dating, she's like, I don't know, are we? (laughs) (laughs) But
0: that's partly because she doesn't understand,
1: you know, definitions. Exactly.
0: But yeah, and and so I suppose if we take away, because I don't see any of the doctors seducing. It's not seduction, it doesn't feel like any so if we sort of take away any sort of sexuality and tend more towards the capital R right rather than the lowercase R, I think perhaps uh, I mean, I'm still going with the tenth doctor, but I think we see that.
1: Uh, you know, and it's maybe because of the sexes, and maybe I'm just being uh, you know heteronormative, but 12 and Missy, yeah, possibility. Yeah. I'm not saying there was or there should have been. But, I mean, there was a something there. I mean, yes, you know, and again, maybe it's just because I can't do a man and a woman in friendship, apparently, for some reason. But, like, because, you know, the master and the doctor are supposed to be friends. But, I don't know. Maybe that's all that was, and that's fine. Yeah, but... I mean, to
0: be honest, with Missy and with a lot of the relationships that we see or we define as romantic, um, I think it's more fondness. Right. And I think that's a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Because then we see that very much with the Seventh Doctor and Ace. Right. You know, it it doesn't feel, and again, as you say, it may be because the ages are so disparate in Seven and Ace that we don't think about it as romantic. So we're like, yeah, he's he's very fond of her. It's mm-hmm. nothing romantic. And I, But I feel that way about you know the the ninth doctor is very fond of rose it's not romantic Mm -hmm. the 11th doctor is very fond of clara but it's not romantic does that make sense
1: yes i don't know if you're asking me or the cat but yes (laughs) Uh, sure so then let's let's return to the 10th doctor who my thesis is that he is the most romantic doctor but you can tell me that i'm wrong okay um as you're prone to do, uh-huh. so I've made a sort of list of folks I've thought about, and maybe there's more you can think about, um, but just in no particular order. So these are the tenth Doctor's romantic interest, and first I guess is perhaps the most obvious, but that would be Rose. Yep. What do you think about that romantic or not romantic relationship?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, they sort of with the the. Pseudo Doctor Donna <laughs> split weird right. thing. Mm-hmm. They made it romantic when I didn't ever really feel like it was
1: because you have the the first parting because there's you know two bad wolf Bay scenes. Mm-hmm. The first one is when the you know the rose is gone presumably forever, um, and you have him her saying I love you, and then him beginning to seemingly beginning to say it but then he fades away and then tears 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 and that's it that's all he got but again
0: that doesn't for me that was not i'm in love
1: with you
0: i don't think
1: mm-hmm. in my
0: mind anyway
1: right and then you have the second parting uh with you said the uh, extra doctor um hansy and uh yeah who, who who says i love you the more human doctor and then and But then that's, that is sort of a, you know, when you start to think about, of course, when you start to think about any of Doctor here when you start to think about it, you know, that's, what is Rose choosing? Because then it's, a, is that the Doctor? Is it just a copy? Is it just a Kinko's, tenth Doctor copy, and she's just getting the copy? Or does she know she's sort of getting the consolation prize Doctor love interest? or And then what's that to him if he loves Rose or any part of him does? And he's like, I've set her up with someone else, you know, it's...
0: Yeah, yeah. And again, extrapolating it, I mm. think, in my mind. So now, what do they do? They go on dates?
1: They go on adventures. <laughs> that's not
0: the same thing, which is why my thesis is. <laughs> in today's TED Talk, we will be discussing why the Doctor is not particularly lowercase romantic, because that's a very different thing.
1: And I think of all the doc and i'm thinking as i say this well because again i'm going to stick with my thesis but you prove me wrong but the 10th has the most it has the best instinct for what romance is he's not 11's clueless yes. 12's clueless yes 13 is clueless to an extent mm. i don't think 9 is clueless he's just not interested yeah so
0: he's caught up in his own head
1: yeah haunted or whatever but 10, mm. ten knows what he's doing if he wants to all right, well, let's, let's go to the next person. Okay. We'll see if it jumps. So the Madame de Pompadour. Yep. The girl in the fireplace. Let's, uh, for a moment, um, you know, uh, not dwell on the fact that he meets her as a little girl. And see, <laughs> but I think you have to, okay. if
0: you're going to make this case. Time Traveler's wife, you know. Mm, that doesn't make it less Ugi. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I, I I think that you have to take that into account. You also have to take into account that she is somebody else's mistress. Well,
1: that's that's weird uh, loyalty there. Yeah, well. But I mean, she's still. shagging another guy who's married, but then, then he's. And then, you know, so.
0: So, yeah. It's I, double. I, I, I two
1: wrongs make a right, isn't that? I, definitely <laughs> not.
0: Do not write that down. Uh, so yeah, again, I don't see that as a romantic entanglement. I see it as a fondness, a familiarity.
1: I'm making out.
0: Eh, what
1: else? <laughs> you mean, know, if
0: you're not going to let uh, Ninth Doctor and Jack be on your list of uh, oh, definitely romantic, then you can't really.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I and I again because of having watched Casanova, I really want to see this episode again because I mean it's one episode so you know you can only do so much of course you know if this is like a season long thing or something but you know she sort of likes the doctor for the usual reasons you would this mysterious man with all these you know abilities and all this stuff
0: I always fall for the guys that show up in my fireplace that's
1: true uh, that, uh, hashtag um,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> wink Um <laughs> Hashtag euphemism. Exactly.
1: You know, and he falls for her to the, you know, when, however you want to argue that. Because um, I guess I was, I've never heard of her before I saw this episode, so I sort of had to buy into the fact that she has this reputation and he finds her fascinating and all these things um, as this just historical figure who I've never heard of before until now. But then that was, you know. Well, you
0: know Pompadour.
1: The hair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's-
1: She's the madam of hair. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that's where it got its name.
1: But usually I think of it with guys like in the 50s and well, stuff.
0: Well, yeah, but it's yeah. evolved. Uh-huh. Evolution, baby.
1: That's right. But uh, it's, it's very sweet and you get the whole, you know, she dies and he's not there. and
0: Again, hmm. not, uh, not too dissimilar to Casanova, uh, not, I suppose, but, in, that, in that sense. Yeah, but know. that's sort
1: of the loss and mm. the possibility. But, I mean, I don't, you know, I guess the thing is with that adventure, you know, sort of like the, uh, <laughs> this is going to be weird, but go with me. Sort of called the speed theory, as in the movie. That you develop a relationship among um, extreme circumstances that can't necessarily be sustained once the circumstances are gone. Yes. So Keanu Reeves and... um, Sandra Bullock. uh, Go with you. You know, meet during speed. Have this romance, such as it is. But, you know, not around during speed, too. It's definitely not because they're going to get Keanu Reeves. It's because (laughs) the romance failed.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Just for the record, I went to Speed is the only movie I saw like three or four times at the cinema. Really? Yes. I don't know why. Um, I was at university, Mm -hmm. and yeah, that one that one was one that I just really enjoyed.
1: I have a parallel track. It's Keanu Reeves. I saw Matrix, I think, three or four times.
0: Okay, I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, It
1: was, and it it was at university. It was at the university cinema. It's like I literally probably saw it three days in a row because it. it, I just wouldn't have different people. Like maybe I saw it by myself, and I went with my brother, and then some. You know, with another group, and so. Yeah, that's just one of those things that worked out.
0: There you go. Must be something about Keanu Reeves.
1: Yeah. What can you do?
0: Yeah, Uh, I don't particularly find him attractive at all, but something about speed. Yeah. Man.
1: Well, me, Chris Knoth can be in Doctor Who. I don't know why Keanu Reeves can't be in Doctor Who.
0: No, absolutely.
1: I mean, with that look that he has now, you know, he could be easily be a, a villain or something. Yeah. The long hair and the beard and all that.
0: Next master, huh?
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Keanu Reeves, Dude. 10th <laughs> Doctor's. Oh, that's all right. Um,
0: <laughs> so, that's, that's our conclusion. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, 13th Doctor Encounter Roofs, I can see it.
0: But, um. it, no. <laughs> no. I think that that, I think your idea here proves my point mm-hmm. in that it's not a romantic, the extrapolation isn't
1: there. And so. Well, it's that TV and movie romance isn't real world romance with the. <sighs> every day, every single day, they're there. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, that—that's that, of course, that's what relationships are. They aren't just the adventure. It's the other stuff um, that makes it last or not last. And then so with him just cameoing in her life, you know, convenient. Yes. A convenient boyfriend slash girlfriend, depending on whose perspective you're looking at. And so you know, a little bit whirlwind then.
0: Yes. And, you know, perhaps... I mean obviously sort of unrequited in terms of I, I don't know I don't I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say because as as you say all we see are the moments where they're together mm-hmm. we don't see the 15 years between you know she's reading a book
1: and... he's you know messing with the TARDIS on a screwdriver <laughs> yeah. you know and it's just silence and you know <laughs> resentment <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, you know, we just see those moments. You just don't see him on a
1: horse coming through a mirror and swashbuckling yeah. puppet robots. And who's
0: not going to follow that around for a little while?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, romance be damned. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. Again, all the men in my fireplace. <laughs> w- <laughs> all right.
1: And let's see who I have next on there
0: Joan Redfern.
1: Now, this one you have you when you said we didn't see that time we do see that time now it's sort of a dream sequence or whatever through the power of the watch or whatever of John Smith seeing the future with Joan and seeing the children and the grandchildren and the dying in the bed and now the argument you can make of course is that it's not the doctor it's John Smith Mm. And does that make the difference? But what did you think of this relationship?
0: I love that one. Mm-hmm. love it and it's so sad. So yeah okay I can I can live with that one being romance. Um, as you say and and maybe this is part of my point as well mm-hmm. is that when the doctor is leading a normal life
1: for him or do you no, mean, no. a
0: normal normal human life. Human life okay. Then romance is possible, but that's not the life the doctor leads.
1: He's like an exotic foreign photojournalist, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. Preferably an Irish that's one. That's right.
1: Picking uh, up the uh, people who are coming in and like, oh, I'll take you on the tour. Yeah. Uh, show you the local color off the tourists, uh, you
0: know? <laughs> Here and in- wherever. Yeah, here in war torn dot dot dot. Insert, dot. Yep. <laughs> insert current war torn place. Yes, yes, but at the same time, sort of the opposite. I mean, the doctor is like that, mm-hmm. but when he has the opportunity to live as a human, there is something real and substantial, and and all of those sorts of things. But that's that's never going to be, never going to be who the doctor
1: is. Yeah, and, and, of course, that would be another 2 part to watch because it's interesting. But, you know, John Smith is not actually a great character. I mean, kind of whiny. But, I mean, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. I'm not, you know, I get that there's that choice. Normal- Although
0: this does l- lend credence, sorry, to the human doctor and Rose.
1: Right. Oh, I see, I see. So she's getting John Smith. Yeah. Plus, because, you know, Hansy's a little bit better than John Smith, I think. Probably, yeah, but, yeah. Because it's, you know, more handsy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do like handsy. That's right. Yeah.
1: All right, and then the next one on my list. Astrid Peth. Better known as
0: Oh Kylie. Kylie.
1: Yeah, this this one, even though this it's a long, you know, it's a special, it's a movie or whatever you want to call it, from Voyage of the Damned. Uh, I think there's more potential than actual there, but I think the potential is interesting because she's someone who wants to travel to and who hasn't gotten to, and of course you have the the biggest traveler there is, and
0: but still he's her exotic photojournalist,
1: yeah ish yes. There, there is. is
0: this 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 intense mm-hmm. scenario that is happening around them. Mm-hmm that throws them together and he's everything she's always thought she wanted. Um, you know, it's all end of the first act of into the woods. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's gotten their wish happily ever after, but dot, dot,
1: dot intermission.
0: Um, die.
1: (laughs) And I think it's interesting. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm not making ages, but I'm going to go into... You know, Kylie's older than David, certainly in that. Well, I mean, age is constant; she's always going to be older than him. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, I I don't think it matters. Obviously, no. I think I think. Uh, hey, it's you know, it's still Kylie, I suppose. But um, <laughs> it
0: is indeed still Kylie. Yeah, so, and you know who's still got it, Kylie.
1: Exactly. But it is kind of. It, I mean, it is more than just companion. It it is. Obviously, supposed to be a romantic storyline. You know, it's not just like oh, we have Colymino as the companion. It's like mm, yeah, you know, plus yeah,
0: but uh, and and maybe it's the fact that with the tenth Doctor, there are more of those. You know, Martha specifically says she fancies the Doctor, mm-hmm. and you know, and and there's Rose, and then. There's Donna, which is obviously a non-starter...
1: Reaction to, yeah. Yeah,
0: reaction to all of that. And so, yeah, I think that the 10th Doctor has put in more scenarios yeah. that we actually see. Because, again, you know, the 11th Doctor marries Marilyn Monroe. We just don't see any of that.
1: Yeah, by accident. By accident, <laughs> but still. This is happening. She's getting a priest. <sighs> Fine. I'll go marry Marilyn
0: Monroe, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, there's the uh, oh well, we're coming up to.
1: Right. So, um, but yeah, so those those are the, the romantic interest of the tenth Doctor, and again, wait, it's...
0: Oh, we have Elizabeth the Elizabeth... First, and that's what I was going okay, to come we'll go to. You know that that whole marrying Marilyn Monroe, yes. married Elizabeth the mm-hmm. First, you know, and again, what does that look like?
1: I mean is he Duke of something or <laughs> Yeah. Lord of time or I, don't know? <laughs> yeah,
0: I assume so. Right. Lord Doctor of Time. Yes. Yeah. That that would be his official title. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: the consort.
0: Yeah. How does he end up you know, let's be honest, he's no Joseph Fines.
1: <laughs> I mean I I mean I don't know how to rate Joseph Fiennes <laughs> to David Tennant. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'd be hard pressed. I mean, they're both fairly well, on say, par. I, I think.
1: mean, if we're gonna have this, so Joseph's usually young in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that David's old by any means, but he certainly was older than Joseph Fiennes in his, in, like Shakespeare and Love.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure he's, Joseph was like in
1: his 20s. I'm sure. Yeah, and David's in his 30s. I would have assumed.
0: Uh, so you think that... Uh, if you
1: had 20-year-old David Tennant, or if you had 30-year-old Joseph, it'd be fairer.
0: So basically what you're saying is David Tennant is, is more ripened.
1: Seasoned. Seasoned. <laughs> you're
0: going to have to finish this podcast with that <laughs> I'm just going to mull that one for a while. <laughs> Aging like Fine. Okay. We're going to need to move on. Okay. Uh, but you understand my point, you know? Rarely. What does that look like? What?
1: Mm.
0: What? What does that? How did that? What? What is the, <laughs> I didn't any
1: of that? I don't understand either. But yeah, I mean that that's uh, it's one of those. It's a running joke until you actually see it, of course, mm. and then you don't know because we we do see a date. Yep. We get a nice picnic. Yep. You know, machine that goes. All right, well, let's go to, I just listed, and I don't know. Well, are there any ones you think that I, I didn't list? You can think of any Tenth Doctor.
0: I feel like I'm sure there are,
1: but. You know, I mean, there's, there's some that I don't count. Because, I mean, a lot of the specials, well, again, it, it's, it seems to me, and people can argue, that they're more likely to put to the Tenth Doctor in a romantic structure. Now, you can say whether it works or doesn't work, but they're more likely to do that with him mm-hmm. than any other Doctor. Yes, I would um, agree with that. And, and i don't know if there's a reason i mean russell wrote the ninth doctor too and you didn't do it with that and again shorter time maybe he would have if he had more time with chris but you, you don't see that because like i think of the christmas specials with the 11th doctor you know christmas carol there's no i mean the romance is another character it's not mm. him and then wardrobe the relationship is not romantic at all with the woman whose name i forget um, and her children um and again i guess it's yeah, the romance is actually supposed to be familial i mean it's not romance sorry but the love, if you weren't going to change it to that word, is love between mother and her children and all that. And then, I mean, Snowman. I mean, it, it, they're, they're, again, a little bit with Clara. I mean, there's an interest, I, mm-hmm. I think. Like, on the romance scale, would be like a three or a two. Uh,
0: put it higher than <laughs> really. that. Yeah, there's definitely flirty, flirty, flirt, yeah,
1: flirt. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, said so that's her. She's always at, at, a, at a 11, probably. But, yeah. But he's not not responsive.
0: So. Yeah. But he's wounded. That's right. He's which vulnerable. Is always attractive. Oh, that's right. He's, he's doing on a,
1: what do you call it? He's on his rebound. Yes. There yes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> rebound companions are always, though. Know.
0: Bless.
1: And then, you know, 12th Doctor's 12th Doctor. But even then, they're, they're, I'm trying to think, Last Christmas isn't totally in my mind that well, but you have that ending with Agent Clara. Um,. And, you know, I'm not saying it's from it, but it's, it could be. You know, it depends how you frame that scene. With I think it's supposed to be just a dream sequence at the end, but still. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like I said, more likely to put the Tenth Doctor. Because, like, even... So, like, I can never remember that name of the special with Michelle Ryan and the bus in the desert. It's just not yeah. in my head. But I think Michelle Ryan is very flirty. But I don't, you know, so... But and
0: snogs think... him or something, doesn't she? Yeah, I think at some everyone point? snogs David yeah. uh, at some point. So yeah.
1: But um, I don't think it's it's pressed, and the storytelling is as, as much as the others of like say Astrid. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in the time he and the master... No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the tenth Doctor is definitely more likely to kiss somebody in a highly pressurized, tense situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's romantic. It's just a thing. A reflex. A reflex. Yeah, it's, it's got this weird knee-jerk reaction. Of danger! Danger! Snog. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: boy. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> danger! Snog reflex. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everybody likes a dangerous fella. <laughs>
1: Uh, now, so I have some unrequited love. So you mm-hmm. mentioned Martha. So again, that's not the Tenth Doctor in a well fully realized from any But I mean, what do you think about at least what they did with that having Martha Pine for the Tenth Doctor?
0: Yeah, I, I, I it was not something that I particularly liked
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: because it felt unnecessary. Right. There was not. It didn't do anything for a storyline. You know, it didn't take any story further. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know, when she got her heart's desire in the animated uh, special. Um, yeah, again, I thought it was weird. <laughs> thought it was
0: weird. I, it just doesn't advance anything mm-hmm. in my mind. So there's no reason for her to have a crush on him.
1: Right.
0: You know, they don't follow that up with anything.
1: Yeah, just, and we've said it before, but the sort of evolution of companion that, it seems like you're in love with. Then you go to a companion who's only in love with you. And then the companion who we put on the outset, there is no romance at all. Yeah, Just a different odd, well, it's different approaches that seem Yeah. very, but they seem very obvious. So it's like, we want to establish what the romance zero to 10 is with every companion. Yes,
0: yeah. And I don't see a purpose for that. Yeah. I, I don't know why the need is... Maybe it's just the feeling that modern audiences need that sort of, I don't know.
1: Yeah, because I think, well, and I'm, you know, Classic Who, sometimes there's a tendency to stereotype, but they're, you know, I mean, they're usually were, not that Patron was that old, but older doctors, younger companions, and usually paired companions, so, you know. If there was going to be any romance, it was probably among the companions, not mm. Doctor Two companion, because you don't always often get that single Doctor and single companion really until, like, I mean, the Third Doctor, you know. But again, John Pertwee, not old, but he's older, and so you know, never got that with you know him and Sarah Jane or something, you know. No, yeah, no, not gonna. And the Fourth Doctor is just too weird for it to be a possibility. And so I think like Fifth Doctor might have been the first time, maybe, maybe young guy, You've got a young Nissa, you got a young Tegan, but then. You know, they like still kept it on the straight and narrow. So, as a tour, yeah. So, so anyway, so that's Martha. So you're you're not a fan.
0: I, I, it's not that I'm not a fan of Martha. I just no, no, wasn't no. a fan of yeah, that yeah. unrequitedness. I no, just no. thought it was, yeah, unnecessary.
1: And then we had River Song. Yes. So, you know, obviously a lot to say, but we're just, you know, just the Tenth Doctor, what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: and and that's, you know, I looked at it, and I was like, well, that's not unrequited, but for the Tenth Doctor, it absolutely is.
1: And especially, I mean, if you're going to want to view, especially coming from your view, that you're kind of talking about the Tenth Doctor being told he has a romantic relationship, mm. and his reaction to that um, throughout those two parts of you know, him not believing it for the most part. And then until she, at least what we're told, says his name. And he said, I don't, I don't know. I've never thought about what the end, the finish of that sentence is. The only way I would have told my name was.
0: Dun-dun-dun. Was how, you know. Yeah. I, uh, yes. And as you say, you know, unrequited because she knows him, but this is their first meeting for him. Mm-hmm. So. But still a fondness by the end of it. And an admiration. And...
1: And then having, and then him having to think, well, and I don't I don't know. Again, it depends how deep you want to get into this. So, you know, she sacrifices herself and, and dies. And then him trying to think what would he do if he knew that he knew, and, you know, and that's when he's like, oh, the screwdriver, I, the reason I would have given her a screwdriver is I would have wanted to, but then is that just the doctor being the doctor or is that yeah him trying to think what his romantic self would have done?
0: I do think later on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: obviously... Uh, We see these moments uh, between the 11th Doctor and River of, you know, they're going out on a date or something like that, Mm -hmm. which I think is more than we get anywhere else.
1: Yeah. Uh, Which is
0: why I think Matt is a contender for Romantic Doctor. uh, Yeah. Because we actually see him dating.
1: And it's interesting because I feel like it's a, and maybe this is what it is, it's a relationship he doesn't start. But that he buys into, you know, it's sort of, mm. of like, here you go. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to say no, um, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, well, you know, you know, what about River Song, you know, spending her days in the prison? Well, her nights, you know, that's for us to decide, you know. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cutie. See, I like
1: Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, that's about it. So any final thoughts about the Tenth Doctor and romance?
0: Yeah, I think you're wrong. That's, that's my final thought.
1: Well, my, my premise is that they like to put David Tennant in romantic situations.
0: Uh, they like to put David Tennant in danger-snog situations.
1: Danger-snog situations. Yeah,
0: that's totally different from a romantic yeah. situation, which is what my premise is.
1: And is that just... Because, I mean, and look, look, Russell is a great, great, great writer. and But, of course, he doesn't write every episode. But anyway, um, is that just the trope? that they're just exploring with the 10th doctor. And then after that, they're like, Oh, I guess we don't have to do that anymore. I yeah, just, you know, if there's a guy, there's a girl, he's got to have some sexual tension, you know?
0: So. Yeah, possibly. And like I say, um, it may be the feeling that modern audiences needed to see that when, cause they I, don't necessarily.
1: Cause now that I think about it, so, you know, talking about Amy and the love of Dr. Snogging, you know that's this that's the second episode, mm. um, and then the doctor punctures any sexual tension by getting her fiance. You know, and so then it's taking any you know romance you might think and saying no, no. The doctor's bringing it to the couple, yeah. not to him. Yeah. Um. So it's sort of diffusing it. And then, God, I mean, I hate to be ageist, but I think just Peter Capelli, you know, no one thought, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I hate that that's an ageist thing, but I guess that, you know, everyone well, th- thought that at the time. Well, I think some of it might
0: be based on the people who are playing the Doctor, you right. know. As you said, David Tennant has come off of being Casanova. Literally, yeah. Literally, Yeah. Uh, Matt Smith has this lovely awkwardness that doesn't lend itself quite as much to that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Peter Capaldi is hopelessly and ridiculously devoted to his wife. Who does that? (laughs) Uh, Do you know she was his first kiss? Was his wife? He married the first woman he kissed. Wow. I know, right? Ugh. I
1: know. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you had married the first woman you kissed, that's... Uh...
0: <laughs> so, yeah, whether it's it's also sort of actor-based.
1: Right. And then Jodi?
0: No, time will tell. Mm-hmm. She's got, as, as I've always said, she's got some of that Matt Smith awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's certainly the way she plays...
1: The doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see.
1: see. Okay. Well, with that, let's go into the TARDIS library. When you close your eyes, I go to the library. Go to the library now. Put this into the TARDIS library. We're doing something slightly different. No, not too crazy. Just because we can. Just because we can. Uh, of course, in celebration of the 10th Doctor, we, um, as I mentioned before, I have the complete david Tennant on blu-ray doctor who and so there are a few extras not a crazy amount but there are a few and so we busied ourselves watching a few of them uh one was the uh in conversation with david Tennant, which was just a repeat of what we saw um at the cinema when we went to see the end of time I mean, it was
0: more extended i thought a
1: little bit so um that's not necessarily what we're going to talk about but before that what we talking about what did you think about that
0: yeah I always like to hear David Tennant talk.
1: Anything interesting in particular?
0: No, except talking about having itchy feet (laughs) because I have
1: itchy feet. Yeah, it was a nice little thing just to watch. So, what we're going to talk about is Doctor Who Confidential. Yes. Um, If you don't know, I'm sure you do. But if you don't know, this is sort of the. Uh, extra show that would go behind the scenes after every episode of Doctor Who and so the the two episodes we watched were behind the scenes to the final David Tennant appearance at least well as the full-time David uh, you know day of the doctor but anyway um, with the end of time parts one and two and so mm-hmm. the first uh, episode was called Lords and Masters of dr Confidential and the last or the second one was called appropriately Analzy, Z and this premiered. Christmas Day, two thousand and nine. Yes. Um, of course, it premiered right after the end of part one, and I'm sure you know. The second one ended at part two, which is on New Year's of the following year. So, yep. And
0: narrated by Anthony, Anthony Head, aka Giles, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, aka the bad guy in that one episode with Sarah Jane. Yes. So um, a bat? I don't know something.
0: <laughs> yeah, some sort of weird monster, <laughs> something. Exactly. Something. Something.
1: So, would you, you know, both first? I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm.
0: Really enjoyed it because I always like the sort of backstage stuff um, and learning all the secrets and the gossip and all of that. And they had they talked to sort of the VIPs, didn't right. they? The producers and
1: the you know, Ju- I'm forgetting your name. I'm sorry, Julie Gardner. Julie, yes, Julie Gardner, Russell T. Davies, um, some of the the director, directors, yeah.
0: uh, the tech guys, mm-hmm. the, the head tech guys. David, so, of course. Obviously, yeah. And so I found the whole thing really interesting.
1: John Sims. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah. Bernard.
1: Yep. a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Love him. Mm-hmm. And some of the other actors. And you get to see things like, and you know, we talked about this when we watched it, the green prickly oh, yes. people who are all Sinead. green in the show actually just have green prickly things on their head and don't have on green makeup on their face, which I found really bizarre.
1: Yeah. I, I, like,
0: why not just dab a little further down rather than having to do all that CGI?
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there, if there was a sheer or something or for the shimmer. Uh, they needed to have some sort of, maybe, like, maybe it's, mm. there's the makeup, but, like, it sh- maybe shines, I don't know what the right word would be, you know, with the CGI, you know, pops a little bit more, um, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the, um, talking about the filming of John Sims when he becomes all of the, oh, yes. the entire world, and he spent four hours doing, like, 30-odd costume changes for one scene,
1: <laughs>
0: um, which I just think is fascinating. I
1: like how many creepy masks there were in the end of time. So you had uh, the creepy John Sims mask, uh,
0: mm-hmm. Master
1: Mask. And then you had the creepy David Tennant, 10th Doctor, uh, figure. Yeah, for full the, figure. Uh, for the escape route scene. Um is that
0: something that you sort of go, right, I'd like to take this home with me? Or is that something you burn at the end of it to make sure and salt the earth behind it?
1: <laughs> we'll have to ask Georgia if she keeps it in the basement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or Maybe a better person to ask would be Billy Piper. <laughs> Get one and you get one. <laughs> Fine. I know yours is not quite <laughs> as good as. <laughs>
1: oh. But uh, yeah, I, I did think it was interesting. I mean, and, and it's really the end. I don't know. You know, you just focus on the last thing you saw, I guess. But I mean, again, this is all a celebration of David Tennant and his times and Russell's time as well as, as the head writer for Doctor Who. Um, but I have to say, it was. To me, one of the most memorable ones was Matt Smith, <laughs> who, um, and talking about his first scene as the Doctor, um, you know have all this you know interesting stuff of watching the regeneration scene. Though I did think it was interesting that the regeneration scene was not the last scene filmed, and which is maybe is obvious because you know in TV, but still, like David was saying, its regenerate it was nowhere near the last scene, but you know, he still had to do it at some time. So, but then to have Matt come in. And, I mean, it's just like the funny story of Russell being like, okay, you know, out of respect for Matt, you know. It's his
0: first day. Let's not put too much pressure on yeah. him. Let's sort of clear out. The studio. Non-essential people don't need to be in the studio. <laughs> You know, making him uncomfortable on his first day because
1: everyone's very interested and wants to see the first doctor. But you know, now we're not. We're going to be professional, so everyone just wait outside. And of course, in order for Matt to get into the set, he has to walk outside through the entire through production all those crew. People, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: bless his heart. But he seemed he seemed to be a good sport. You know, waving at the Doctor Who Confidential camera and
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's it. It was very. I mean. I, Poor Matt. I mean, you have this camera basically staring at him as he's getting ready to do his first scene. Um, you know, what's going through your head, you know? Because, you know, watching Doctor Who Confidential was all about David and David's time and Russell's time. And, and you know, Matt's obviously one with think, talk, thinking about his own the adventure he's about to do, but it's almost like, you know... If this is a narrative, it's that he's thinking oh, man. I have to take on this big mantle of David Tennant and the Tenth Doctor. And oh, uh, you yeah. wanted
0: an Anthony Head whispering yeah. <laughs> narration over these shots,
1: right? Which I don't think, but that's sort of like the narrative but when you're watching that, staring at him, like, oh, yeah, who's this guy? You know, is he kind of, yeah. um, kind of, you know, unknown? You know, after David Tennant. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, to, you know, Matt Smith had a CV, but but you know, not a. Breath of one, um,
0: yeah, and thinking again about how young he was, yeah, 28 20,
1: or something crazy, yeah.
0: Know? I mean, that stepping into those shoes,
1: and then just not even David, just Doctor Who in general,
0: yeah, yeah, know? that's sort of what I mean. Mm, yeah. This this mantle, all of a sudden, and yeah,
1: yeah, because I mean, that's that's I mean, one can only imagine, but you know, any doctor, of course, big shoes through you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, etc. But David, with the new Who, brought, I mean, Chris was great, but short time, but David had made that franchise what it was. I mean, Ross, I mean, not David alone. But anyway, that 10th that Doctor series. Yeah, had David's
0: made, Doctor Who.
1: Kind of made, you know, kind of, the slope of Doctor Who popularity is, you know, whatever the, that math term would be for going. To, <laughs> I I, I'm not a math person. Um, but uh, exponential growth, I don't know. But anyway, if we, then I think, you know, Matt, of course, took it and made it even better or you know or not better but made it even grander but yeah just to see those that first time in the in the 10th doctor suit and all that and yeah and then i didn't even think about it but it is funny what they were describing like you know so you have matt smith first scene explosions fire uh you know he has to act all wobbly uh you complete
0: know. monologue nobody to act <laughs> opposite yeah yeah,
1: uh, I didn't think about that, but it is funny once they they stack all that up. Yeah, mm. welcome to your first day. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, just, and you know, it's it's not even your first day, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it is, but you know, come back in three weeks, then we'll start shooting your your stuff. The rest of it, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So it feels. I I would imagine it still feels like part of the audition process. Uh-huh because it's so disjointed and not part of what's actually going to be your season.
1: Because, you know, again, it's not filmed in order, but you almost imagine it like a presidential inauguration, you know, at noon. You know, they strip the West Wing, and, you know, and they bring in all the new furniture at 1202, or, you know, all that stuff. You know, and, you know, suddenly, you know, there you are, you're David Tennant. And then David's reaction, of course, you know, you drive away, and everyone's still working, because, of course they do, you know, because you're just the Temporary holder of the TARDIS, so
0: yeah. Mm.
1: But yeah, and there were some other interesting parts talking about the uh, the different um, effects that were done, both the pyro, then doing the uh, Timothy Dalton as the Lord President. Um,
0: so much green screen.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of green screen uh, for this. I mean, not unsurprising when you think about it, but mm. but yeah, it's you know, it's I would think. <laughs> Interesting work as an actor. You know, when you know your whole day is just be in this harness or be in front of the screen or, you know, whether it's John Sim, you know, put on all these costumes and just wave or, or clap. And that's your whole day of acting. Mm -hmm. Just wave. All right. That's, that's your acting. You know, that's "That's your acting. Um, You know, and so, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I don't know. As as a theater person. The thought. Yeah. horrifies me
1: <laughs> I, I always i don't i don't know if the, it was the director did this every time but in the I comment, the director or whether it was the director of the ad or whoever it was it was always like all right keep the energy up and <laughs> we're doing this for the 58th time you know, of you just you know having this thing of screaming or running or and that's the whole scene and, you know. yeah um but yeah nice work if you can get it right yes um, profitable work if you exactly. can get it I mean, BBC profitable, but still, yes. But, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, It was, you know, and like you said, interesting to hear. And and then Russell, I mean, from a story writing standpoint, it was, you know, and you never know how much he's telling the truth because writers lie. But about, you know, the story and Wilfred as companion and, and, you know, playing off David. And then, I mean, like, the scene, because end of time, as we talk about it, it's not bad, but you know, not necessarily as a whole the best. But it has a lot of scenes that are interesting. With that um, scene in the whatever it is, diner, cafe, pub, whatever it is, with him and and uh, Wilfred, um, where it is, you know, they, he talks about having that scene kind of go tr- to the left um, because the doctor doesn't have anyone else to talk to, so he just decides to talk to this guy about what it is to die and all that stuff. And so, you know, it's very interesting.
0: And also. Feels like he can say these... Uh, there's some sort of connection
1: mm-hmm. with
0: Wilf. Yeah. You know, he keeps showing up. He finds the Doctor...
1: The impossible Gramps.
0: Yeah, the impossible Granddad. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Lovely experience. So, yeah, I'll be interested to go back. I don't know how many Doctor Who there are on, the, on this uh, disc. All the specials are on there, of course, because this was a special, of course. But,
0: yeah. Definitely worth having a look. Yeah. It, particularly if you like the backstage if you want to watch 15 or 20 minutes of people talking about how they simulated a helicopter. Yeah. Which I actually found really fascinating. <laughs> so I was down for it.
1: From a writer's standpoint, which I know, you know, um TV writing is different from playwriting. But, you know, in playwriting they do they do tell you, you know, go ahead and write the uh the undoable scene and see what happens. You know, because give it to the director. It's not your fault. Um,
0: I I was just going to say, and as a director, I hate that shit. (laughs) (laughs) But then as,
1: you know, head writer, I mean, you're Russell T. Davies. You know, you and I don't know how the responsibilities are broken up. You know, he writes, and then he's like, just gives it to Julie, and she has to figure it out. I don't don't know how it works. But, um, you know, when he's writing the helicopter scene, is he thinking like, oh, I wonder how we actually do that. He just writes a helicopter scene, and then... Here you go, production. Figure it out. Figure it out. And he's kind of like, no, we could get a live helicopter. And then Julie like looks at him and then shows him a budget and then says no. Yep, um, but
0: anyway. yep, yep, yep. But yeah, fascinating and mm. interesting and totally worked. You didn't need a real helicopter. Yeah. You just needed some wind machines lights. and lights, well, you bright a, lights.
1: You a, I don't know what that... It wasn't a crane, but it was some sort of hookup. No, it was a crane. A crane, yeah. Yeah,
0: where the two guys... Repelled in, yeah, that other guys were holding on to. That was terrifying. Some bizarre
1: pulley system. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, a combination of a pulley system and abseiling or something. Mm -hmm. But good on them.
1: Well, you know what? It's not like they're burning houses down like some people do for theater. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, any final thoughts on Doctor Who?
0: Nope, I always enjoy it, whether right. it's Anthony Head or Russell Toby.
1: That's right.
0: Doing the Confidentials.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, next week we'll be continuing our love of the 10th Doctor during this 10th month, but we'll be having another voice.
0: We will indeed. Returning to the podcast, a recurring favorite. That's
1: right. We're going to have First Time Doctoring Herself. Shar will be talking about her watch. I was going to say rewatch. No, it's her watch mm-hmm. of series two of Doctor Who.
0: So her the first season of Tenet.
1: Yes, and so we'll we look forward to what her thoughts are and reflections of David Tennant's first series and I the Tardis. Wait, yeah, I'm interested to hear about her reaction to the stories. To Torchwood, to Rose.
0: I think it's about time though, because we didn't do this last time, but of course we did do it the first time when we were all in the hotel room together. Mm-hmm. I think Sha and I might have to get a little tipsy again.
1: <laughs> well there you go. So bring your favorite drink. And until then, <laughs> enjoy the doctor's adventures throughout time and space. space. This is BBC Television.